Hello, my love, and welcome to this messy, beautiful life, the podcast. My name is Erin, and I am so, so happy to have you here. I'm a coach and mindset mentor, a recovering overthinker, an imperfect human on a journey of growth, joy, and healing, and I'm inviting you along for the ride. This podcast will explore concepts of self-development, spirituality, and harnessing our brain-body-soul connection for powerful growth and healing. It's my intention to use this space to change the narrative that says, if you are healing, you are broken, because it's just simply not true. The way I see it is that growth and healing is at the heart of us continuing to rise and evolve as humans. So if you are someone on a journey of personal growth and healing, whether it be right at the beginning or currently leveling up and really living the fact that the inner work is never truly done, then you're in the right place. And so my love, let's learn, grow, share and raise our consciousness together through the power of vulnerability and storytelling. I'm so ready for this and I hope you are too. So let's go. Hello and welcome back to this messy, beautiful life. I am back today with another wonderful guest that I'm so looking forward to chatting to. Today I have Prudence Todd. Hi, Prudence. Hello, Erin. How are you? I'm so good. And I, as I said, I really am looking forward to diving into this chat with you. Me too. <laughs> so you are a previous midwife, registered nurse, and now holistic pelvic care practitioner who helps women heal their heart and body after birth trauma. So what a wonderful job that is, or do you see it as a job actually, or is it a calling? <laughs> yeah, that's a, it, it is, it does feel like a calling. Mm. Um, yeah, I was a midwife back in the day. I did midwifery before I had my four children and I was also a registered nurse. Oh, my goodness, you have four children. So, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. Four children, all teenagers now, <laughs> two adult children, two teenagers. Um, and, yeah, I, I, you know, I really tried to step out and just be a mum there for a while, but I just mm. felt like, you know, the the midwifery part of me it's just always there Mm. being an advocate for women and serving women has always been there and then you know I my life took a change after not being in that space for enough years that I couldn't actually work as a registered midwife anymore and I became a restorative Pilates instructor Mm. so that was my way of creating some income really enjoyed doing that because my body had suffered having four big babies and that's how I got into that um and then through that just kept, you know, having women talk to me about what was going on in their bodies and then feeling drawn back to the birth space and, and what happens in women's bodies through birth. And, you know, I, I am always learning new things and did some more holistic pelvic care. And then I was like, right, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, you know, help women have language to what's going on in their bodies because it's just really, really unspoken. So I really appreciate, Erin, the opportunity to actually come on here and talk about something that's not being talked enough about. Mm, Yes, I'm a big fan of talking about things that are not being talked about, especially, um, you know, in this space of women and in this space of women and birthing because I think that there are a lot of things that we don't talk about. And so anything that brings shines a light on, helps inform someone, helps someone feel less alone um, in going through this process is a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. 
Totally. Mm. Yeah. So what a beautiful bringing together of your, you know, your study, um, your technical expertise, I suppose, then your own lived experience and then this further evolution. Um, I'm a, a big fan of, you know, holistic care. I think it's something that is quite missing in our medical systems, acknowledging that we are very, very blessed, particularly in, in Australia, to have a wonderful medical system. Yeah. But I also believe there's lots of space for more holistic conversations, discussions, awareness, education. So when I come across someone that has brings together both of these, all of these things or both of these things, you know, the holistic and the more um, traditional, that I love that and I, I think there should be much more of it. Yeah, you're right. The having that, we are so for, fortunate to be able to blend the two. You know, once upon a time it wasn't like that. And I think we crave being more in tune with our bodies, our cycles, mm-hmm. um, more in tune with the community. Like there's so much that we want more of that we're learning about and that's another part of what I teach women is how to actually be in tune with what's going on in their body so they can actually hear her talking to them. I think we were better at that probably many years ago. Um, We also didn't have the benefits of, you know, the external supports that we have now, but it's about balancing that, you know, balancing looking to external support constantly because we live in such a high stimulating world full Mm -hmm. of information that we've nearly lost being able to be in tune with ourselves as well and we've lost um, the ability to hear her speaking to us so birth and illness are things that um, I don't know if you've ever read any of Tamia Kent's books but she talks about birth and illness being two things that will bring a woman home in her body if she chooses to Mm. and it's it's how it is. It's why I love what I do is it's watching a woman come in, you know, feeling broken, feeling like she's falling apart. She's not a good mum. She hasn't really connected with her child. She's carrying lots of guilt and shame or frustration or anger or rage about her experience. And that's flowing into how she sees herself as a mother, how she connects with her partner, mm. how she connects with her child. And, you know, having been a mum of four kids and experienced lots of depression in that time, I have a huge heart for women and helping them to see what an incredible person they are. Mm -hmm. And even through the trauma, how much wisdom and experience they have through that. And that's a process, you know, it doesn't come all overnight, (laughs) but There is so much medicine just resting there for us to access Mm. and I love to facilitate, yeah. Yeah, so you've mentioned, you know, what kind of brought you across to this work was your experience, um, which is often what happens. So what was it that was missing for you in your post-birth space that is now, which has kind of led you to do what you're doing and is part of what you offer for your clients? Mm. I, you know, a lot of the women that I talk to have experienced birth trauma. It It is very much an external influence that, you know, brought them to that place. You know, something happened to them or the birth didn't go the way that they had hoped. And that wasn't really my experience. My experience was more of an internal um, 
trauma where I had such hugely high expectations of myself. <laughs> um, I birthed all my four babies at home and all the births, when you look at them from the outside, went really well. Mm-hmm. My second baby was all babies were born over nine and 10 pounds. My second baby wow. was born and posterior and was very traumatic for me. I had to do a lot of work before I could birth my third and feel really grounded in my body and free to birth the way I wanted to. There Mm -hmm. had to be a lot of healing take place there. But I had these huge expectations that I believe that combined with how I saw myself in the world, the things I wanted to prove about being a good mum, the expectations Mm -hmm. I had of myself, um, perhaps they're being very, very strong in a critic, being a perfectionist, wanting to be everything to my children, wanting them to experience life a certain way. I ended up with depression quite badly twice after my second and my fourth. And after my fourth, it got that way that my husband and I actually decided that we needed to separate because it was impacting our relationship. Mm-hmm. And we separated for 10 months and counseled weekly with the same counselor, but separate. Wow. So in separate sessions with no agenda other than to heal ourselves as human beings. So we could be better parents for our four children that we brought into the world. Mm. And during that time we did start dating again and we got back together 12 months later and we've been together for 25 years. And I learned during that time how to live without him because there was no guarantee that he was going to return he was traumatized in himself through living with me mm. and I was traumatized in myself trying to figure out how to be a good mum in a world where I thought mothering was just going to be effortless like I was just going to be this earth mama you know mm. I breastfed my kids for as long as I possibly could and then I'd get so thin that I just needed to give up and then there's a whole heap of guilt and shame about that I wanted to school them a certain way. And all of it for me was felt like deep spiritual convictions of how I wanted to do it. And I don't doubt that they were, but I also didn't know how to balance it with a loving, compassionate dialogue in my mind when things didn't go the way I'd hoped them to go. And so by the fourth and having depression again quite badly, I decided that it was time to heal myself and I did, I've done a lot and as has my husband and um, yeah, I've learned a lot. I've learned to cut myself some slack and have a lot more grace. The communications that I have in myself with myself now have really molded the way that I am with my children, the conversations that I have with them, the way I see their, you know, struggles in the world and what they're going through. And they were part of that whole experience. They were part of, you know, the yelling and the screaming during my days of depression. They were part of the separation and that's impacted their life. And so for me, being able to really compassionately connect with myself has moulded my family Mm -hmm. and it's also moulded the way I work with women because I can sit with a woman and really feel into her pain. I know what it's like to feel completely alone Mm. and I know what it's like to heal too. And I know what it's like to then be healed and have these like little triggers show up. It's like, Oh, I know what that's about. 
Mm. and how to, you know, walk yourself through that so that you don't end up in a dark place. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 there is so much in what you're saying that so deeply resonates with me. Um, I'm getting a bit emotional actually. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think, you know, yeah. So much, even though our stories are quite different, you know, I have I have one child. I was always kind of one and done. That was my, I was pretty clear about that. Mm-hmm. So in some ways I've always been pretty clear about what my limitations are, knowing myself well enough to know that, you know, I, I, I have such admiration for you. I can't even comprehend how you manage four children, not just the physical aspects <laughs> of it. You know, so I have such admiration for you. But I've always been really clear about what my limitation around that has been. And I'm an older mum. I just for life reasons, I didn't meet my now partner until, you know, later I had been married before, all of that sort of stuff. So mm-hmm. um, it wasn't complications or anything. And we were lucky to fall pregnant, you know, naturally. And um, But I always knew that one was kind of my limit. But I also... I turned 40 the day before I had her. So, you know, there's time limitations there to an extent anyway. But yeah, I think where I really resonate with what you're saying is, you know, my birth in itself also was not particularly traumatic. It wasn't what I wanted. Um, my pregnancy was not how I wanted it to be. But I can really resonate with what you're saying about the expectations that I had, the probably the lack of understanding about the way in which life was going to change. Like I think there was lots of preparation into the lead up of the birth and all that sort of stuff, but not so much preparation around the transition of me, of me becoming a different person through the birth of this other little human, Um, of how much my relationship would change, how it would, you know, you mentioned the pressure on your husband as well. I don't think we necessarily talk about that. And just the, yeah, the expectations of, well, how do you think it's going to be? Um, yeah. yeah, and it's, totally. yeah, it's tough. I think we have huge expectations of ourselves as women going into birth. And, you know, back when I had my kids, there wasn't all the visual support that we have mm-hmm. now. We have access to so many videos and YouTube videos and Instagram videos and so much support about birth. There's so much imagery around birth. And as helpful as it is, I think it also it puts a lot of pressure on women to be something in birth as well. And I went from, you know, my first two feeling like I was the first one to have babies in my family out of my siblings. And I felt like because I was having the babies at home, I needed to be you know, responsible in showing that that was a safe choice and a responsible Mm. thing to do. And by the time, particularly after my second, that was so difficult, I got to the point where I was like, this isn't about anybody else. And when it all boils down, this is about me. Mm. And, you know, often when I'm talking with women, there is a residual relationship um, that, has caused them to feel something about themselves, like something happened with someone in the birth space. And sometimes it can even be at home, you know, it could be whatever care provider they had. There's something there that's left within them that causes them to make meaning about who they are in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And 
we are meaning making machines. That's what we do. <laughs> yeah. It's how we it's how we create. survive. Yeah. yeah, it's how we make sense of the world, right? Yeah. Um, but quite often it's not helping us in healing, and so it's about bringing all of that to the forefront, particularly if it's unspoken, which mm. often it is because women don't know where to go to talk about it, or they do go to talk about it, and sometimes it's not. They don't feel like they receive the support that they're looking for. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's there's many tools and many different ways that we can work with it, depending on. And I think that's what I love so much about what I do. It's it's the emotional and the physical impacts yeah. of birth because you can't separate them. No. And and I just love you know even just this the fact that we're sitting here you know two different women with different very different experiences but but like you said for me really resonates what you're saying about the meaning that we make of things so you know to me you having home births that was what I would have loved but I had um, I, I had digest uh, what's it gestational diabetes digestational mm-hmm. gestational diabetes. Um, and I was very much in conflict throughout my whole um, pregnancy with trying to maintain this connection to my body, my spiritual connection, to my connection to my baby within a health system that kept trying to pull me back into a very risk-based model um, despite the fact, you know, and I'm I'm a person in a bigger body. Um, I was made to feel like or I did feel like whether I was made to feel there were things that happened that led me to feel like it was my fault that I had gestational diabetes I had an excellent um doctor that I ended up working with and she totally tried to correct all of that for me but there was sort of no undoing some of that damage that had been done um and then I ended up she was she was breech I ended up turning her like doing all the exercises and through acupuncture I was actually quite active through my pregnancy despite being in lockdown um and managed the diabetes mostly I just couldn't get my overnight sugars down so I had to have a little bit of insulin much to my distress but I do feel like I missed out on something because I ended up having a c-section a planned c-section again I felt I'm not going to say pushed into it but I felt strongly encouraged and as a to to go down that path as a first-time mum with a partner who also had nerves and worries about me and our our safety both of our safety I do I feel like I missed out I feel like I didn't get the birth that I wanted and it's not that I consciously feel like that makes me less of a mum because I haven't done it but I do feel like I missed out on something and I then went in to have trouble with breastfeeding and couldn't breastfeed beyond kind of a month or so we struggled through so there's definitely things that still sit with me despite the fact I've tried to work through, um, you know, I'm healing myself. I have been before being a mum and I continue to do the work. There is absolutely things that still sit there with me. So sorry to go into the story about me, but I think it just is, you know, our stories seemingly are quite different, but it comes back to the, the process of birth and what we go through in our body, mind and soul it does change us regardless. Mm-hmm. And it brings up, you know, the reality that there is there is a sense of grief there for women globally on many levels about different things. And after my second baby, it became less about, you know, proving myself with home birth and, 
and actually more about seeing every woman for whatever the birth was that she went through. And, you know, that's the thing about birth trauma is that it doesn't need to look a certain way. It doesn't just happen in hospital. It doesn't happen just because there's been damage done to your body. It doesn't happen just with cesarean sections or a particular type of birth. It happens when a woman is left with this sense of suffering inside of her that she doesn't know what to do with that. She feels like she wasn't heard. She wasn't seen. Mm. She was potentially coerced or didn't feel like the, the decisions that were made came from a place of empowerment. The power wasn't given to her and that can happen anywhere. That can happen at home. That can happen in hospital. It can happen at a free birth. It can happen anywhere where women go through that. And that's the silent suffering that women carry. If it's physical, yes, we can heal the physical, but there can still be a sense of oppression kept and held in our bodies if we don't look at the emotional and the spiritual side of that. Mm. And, you know, the pelvis is the container to our heart space. Everything above it rests within the pelvis. So when we feel and go through difficult times in our life, I believe that that rests in our body waiting for us to kind of discover that. And I've discovered that through compassionate dialogue. So I feel that, you know, learning how to be aware of how the voice inside my body speaks to me Mm. like you know when you get together with your best girlfriend and she's distraught about something and you just hold her in every cell of your body it's not just you know it's not just holding her physically although when you give her that hug her whole body just softens Mm. that's what I create with women when I'm with them but that's also what I'm helping them create with themselves Themselves. the Mm. deepest part of their core they feel seen and heard and there's a, a sense of rest and that rest comes from actually building a trust within your body again it's like getting to that point where you lay in bed at night and you go you did real good babe you mm. did like makes me emotional thinking about it mm. but once upon a time that wasn't what happened for me I got into bed stressing about everything I hadn't done that day or how I could have done this better or I could have spoken to that child better or I didn't handle this very good as a parent or what I didn't get done with the house but a, a big part of my work with women is creating and and birthing a compassionate dialogue in their own bodies so that they can really heal from the depths of themselves and they can be aware when that's starting to show up and it's not so kind and they can hold themselves like they would their best friend. Mm, Which I love because often, you know, we're not our own best friend, are we? You know, you mentioned before that kind of deep, uh, you know, judgment of yourself and lack of compassion and I think that's just beautiful. I, I if we can all master that, I think we'll be in a much better place. Totally, yeah. Mm. It would be so wonderful. Imagine <laughs> if we could all have that compassionate dialogue to ourselves yes. and in that space. I mean, there's a whole world that I take women into with that, with, you know, looking at what, what kind of energies are being held in the organs within the pelvis. It's a sacred space. It's where life force comes from. And you know, you talk about that 
sense of not making yourself any less than my birth experiences for the birth experience that you had. Mm. But there is a sense of grief and a sense of loss Mm. when we don't have the experience that we had hoped for. And that I think we learn as human beings as we go through trauma and you know, on a daily basis, we wake up, we don't know what's going to happen in our day today, really. And birth is the same. You know, we do our best to prepare for life, to prepare for birth, to prepare for all of our life experiences. We don't know what's going to pan out today. The way we respond to it and the way that we grow from those experiences is only really what we're left with. And I think I've learned through uh really going through some deep traumatic experiences in my life that I suffer more when I don't know how to care for myself, when I don't know that compassionate dialogue is living within me, my suffering is more. So when I learn how to be kind and loving to myself, my suffering is less. And Mm. the joy and the spirit of being a woman comes back in to flow. Yeah, and if we can just touch on that for a moment because I, you know, in my experience and what I see in other women around me is that often when we become mums, there's, there's, well, our own internal dialogue but also pressures externally, societal pressures, that as a mum we should be selfless and all-giving and, you know, absolutely when our babies are tiny they need us. There's no doubt about that. But I think what I know I've struggled with and seen other mums is this balance that comes with knowing what you've just said, that in order to be the best mum that I can be, whatever that looks like for me, I have to nurture, love, give myself the care that I give to my children, to my family in exactly the same way, if not more, because, you know, cliche, you know, you can't, give from an empty cup and all of that sort of stuff. But I'd love to explore that a little bit more with you because I think that's a message that mums need to hear as well. Mm. And, you know, I openly admit that, you know, I'm 20 years into motherhood. My youngest is 12. And it's been a long time since I've been completely sleep deprived. I did get a new puppy just a few months ago and that's, you know, reminded me. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, I just want to acknowledge that there is a there is a weariness in the body that I haven't felt in my body for a long time. And it's it's beautiful to be in a part of my life where I'm not feeling that. There are other experiences that you have once your kids get older that are a yes. different type of exhaustion. But I think if I could talk to my younger mum self, and these are the things that I didn't know when I was experiencing depression, is having compassion to myself is key, but also I was just chatting at a business meeting this morning about integrity with ourselves. And when we start to have those conversations with ourselves, so I was talking to them this morning about actually taking time in your day to just sit. And so for a young woman, it could be when she's changing the baby's nappy. It could be when she's sitting breastfeeding. It could be in the shower. I often do my stuff in the shower even driving in the car, sitting on the toilet, like integrating little moments through our day, Mm. actually just speak, I'm here and I care to myself. 
And then I ask myself, what is it that you need of me right now? Mm. And I listen and I be still for long enough to listen. And this is a skill that I teach women that can be practiced and over time it gets better. It doesn't just come like, you know, the first time, although women can feel and get profound messages even the first time. But noticing in your body, even when your body says, well, this is what I need, what's the response in my body? So Mm -hmm. say, for instance, I check in and my body goes, I need you to rest. Like I'm so exhausted, I need you to rest. If I can't rest right now, I build that conversation with myself by saying, I know, I know you need to rest. I can't give that to you right now, but this is when I will. So it sets up an integrity inside of myself with myself that I'm going to arrange someone to support me so I can rest. I'm going to have that conversation with my husband so I can rest. I'm going to take those two hours so I can go and sit under a tree and look at the shadows of the leaves and that's it without Mm -hmm. any children and just have some time on my own. I'm going to, you know, see if someone can have the children so I can sit in the bath for an hour and just be by myself. But it's having integrity and noticing any resistance in our body to actually doing what your body's asking of you. And when you start to respond in a way that your body is like, oh, this is actually going to happen, may not be now, but it's going to happen, the body starts to rest in itself and this this relationship of trust falls back in. Just like when we have a broken trust with someone, when we've had broken trust in our body and our body just feels ripped off, (laughs) deceived, you know, ashamed, exhausted. It's like, when are you going to see me? Mm. And, you know, I I see women in their 70s and they're like, body's been calling me for years and I feel so ashamed that I haven't listened and now look what I'm dealing with. Mm. And so, you know, I think young women have the beautiful gift these days of being able to be aware because there's a generation before us, a number of them who were not aware, but Mm. we are and we're much more aware of how to create support, but we have to be in integrity to create it. Yeah. I love that. Even just as you were saying that, like you said, like your body kind of settles into that. I could just feel my body physically settle in when you were saying that just kind of even visualizing me doing that um so it's there's no doubt that's incredibly helpful and I think you know you mentioned that you know people feel ashamed ashamed that they've let things go on for too long and it's never too late right you just mentioned working with someone when they're 70 Mm. um it's never too late to start these kind of practices I also love what you said there about honoring the stage of parenthood that we're in um I was listening to another podcast that I actually that also said the same sort of thing like I have older kids now so my ability to take more time for myself not me the person that was speaking more to take more time for myself is greater when than when you've got young kids it's just don't even compare your current situation with my my current situation um The, and also, you know, you mentioned having teenage children and adult children just brings a whole other set of challenges that is something that I don't even allow myself to start to think about now because <laughs> I'm so not even close. But, you know. One step I, at a time. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and hopefully we will grow together so that by the time she gets to that stage, 
um, we will be in much better position. But, yeah, I think there's um, – I love that very uh, – well, it's very practical advice, but it, it may not be to some people who are not particularly connected to their body, but I think it's a beautiful place to start and it sounds like it's a practice that still serves you now Um no matter how, you know, given you're far down your healing journey. So um, yeah. I love that. So I, as always, I feel like I could talk about this forever and ever. I have so enjoyed this chat. Um, before we just start to wrap up and you can share with us how people can get in contact with you, I would love to know what it is that truly brings you joy and when was the last time you did it? Ah, oh, it's so many things. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing that truly brings me joy, oh, I just find it so hard to choose, but I'll go with this one, is to lay in my husband's arms on our bed mm. and to just think over things like we just have these moments where we lay together and we just be grateful for, you know, we've had some really hard times mm. and we still have really hard days and, you know, it's the beauty of the up and the down and the joy and the sorrow and it it brings me so much joy to have worked through so much and 25 years down the track we you know, to lay in his arms and be grateful for the hard times mm. and just bring it out. And that just brings me so much joy. Mm. And we did, we did that the night before he works away at the mines and we yeah. were laying, we have a bit of a day rest when there's no kids and we just lay on the bed for a little bit, particularly if he's preparing to go into night shift or something like that. Yeah. And we, and we just laid there and it's just like, yeah, it's just, wow, look what we've achieved together. Mm. Yeah. That's beautiful. And I thank you so much for, for sharing, you know, so vulnerably your your story and, and especially, you know, the story of your relationship because I think it speaks <laughs> to another challenge we have in this world where relationships have been so romanticised to and it can be so, I'm not saying that anyone finds it easy to leave a relationship, but um, it's re- it can be easier to separate from somebody to permanently separate because healing yourself is one thing, healing alongside somebody else and, and supporting them and holding space for them and vice versa while also raising kids is whew, no mean feat. And, again, I think something that's not talked about enough I mean people there's a lot of talk about you know you shouldn't have to accept certain behaviors you shouldn't have to accept um toxic relationships or narcissistic behaviors and I 100% agree with that I guess I just have a different understanding now about why some of those traits exist and why they show up for us in our personal relationships and it's definitely a choice uh to stay <laughs> or to come mm. back together and in your guys case but yeah, I don't it's, know if you, you wanted to comment on that, but it's kind of a reflection really. I appreciate the acknowledgement and it is a choice and by no means do I, you know, say any of that with any judgment to any relationship. No. 
on the way that it has. Yeah. Mm. And it is a choice daily, even moments. Daily, yeah. (laughs) We have a relationship now where, you know, we talk, you know, every now and then it's laid on the table. We still joke about how, you know, when the kids leave home, we'll have our home, we'll have two wings of the house and he will have his My, we are so different and we can't it's another thing with being a mama and, and even being in a relationship you can't ask for what you need and you can't stipulate what you have to have in your life if you're not connected with yourself yeah and we are still learning that we're still learning we still have ups and downs every week every week he comes home there's something to learn mm. and we still lay on the table you know what when it's really hard, maybe it would be better if you went and, you know, you're not triggered by me because there's a lot over 25 years. There's a lot that can be triggered. Yeah. And I, I'm just really grateful that we've both been committed to our own selves. Yeah. I believe that's what's kept us here. It's not necessarily being committed to him. Yeah. No, it's being committed to myself and healing myself and him knowing that and me knowing that it's the same for him. Yeah. 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 Oh, thank you so much. Um, how can people get in contact with you if they want to follow along um, on your, well, I don't know how much you share personally on, on social media, but particularly on the business side of things, if what you've said has really resonated and someone would love to connect with you, what's the best way to do that? Awesome. Thank you so much for asking. <laughs> if um, you're an Insta girl, um your womanhood is where you'll find me on Instagram. If you like Facebook, you can just look me up under Prudence Todd. And actually, if you just follow my profile, you can link through to a private Facebook group that I have specifically for women trying to or wanting to heal from birth trauma. Oh, brilliant. Um, and you can also just feel free to either email me or send me a DM. Um, I'm more than happy for women to just reach out to me and I offer a free 30-minute session where women can actually just talk with me and see if I am the right person for mm. them to be in their healing journey with, if they're wanting that. And if anyone is wanting to reach out to me, I'm more than happy to do it like a 10% off for anyone through this podcast. Oh, brilliant. But if they would like that, just mention the podcast and I'm more than happy to honour that. But also know that anyone can contact me and just you know, it's really important to me with all the therapy that I've done in my life that we actually resonate and feel that the person yeah. is the right person. So yeah. it's a, just a free 30-minute chat for anyone who would like that. Beautiful. And thank you for that very generous offer for our listeners. Um, all of that information will be in the show notes um, below so people can access all of that there. Awesome, Erin. Once again, thank you so much. I have so enjoyed this chat. Thank you again for so vulnerably sharing, but also for sharing the wisdom that you have gathered over the time being a mama and through your work as well. I so appreciate it. And I I know that there will be women out there that will hear this story and it will resonate. So thank you. Thank you, Erin. It's been my absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, much love. Bye.